Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's directly opposed to me and across from me in every way. He's inside the tent. We got the oxygen on, plus the one vent in the room is directly above him, so he gets to uh, sit directly under the vent. So you got plenty of fresh air, plus you got actual oxygen. Well, the beer. air doesn't smell so fresh in here today. Did, were you eating garlic again? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, smells like somebody had a pizza in here or something. Uh, a pizza loaded with sausage, pepperoni, and olive oil. Ew. <laughs> Even in the tent. That's funny. Well, maybe somebody was in I the tent I thought you were yesterday. slipping some kind of different gas to me again today. I mean, helium, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, the ni- we only have two tanks. One is nitrous and the other one is oxygen. Okay. So, trying to find my definition of uh, uh, narcissistic personality disorder. Are you saying I'm narcissistic? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about somebody who so clearly is, and now it's obvious after watching yesterday's uh, news conference. Uh, I think it's safe to say that even a conservative should recognize clearly that your president is, what shall we say, off the rails. Is that true? Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, being off the rails. (laughs) It's good to be. (laughs) Well, fortunately, in a couple months, we get to replace him with yet another individual who is quite off the rails. By the way, did you hear this morning that, uh, and it's kind of gotten buried, but a former staffer has accused Joe of sexual assault. Oh, no, I did not see that. It was briefly on the news this morning, then it went Hmm. away. Hmm. So I wonder if the people are going to believe the accuser or believe the survivors in this case and want a thorough investigation. We'll see. Well, I never thought I would say that, but if it turns out to be true, that is not a disqualification to be president. No, it's not. We have already elected a serial or someone who let claims to have certain liberties when it comes to women. Seems to be a theme for recent presidents, other than, of course, Barack Obama, who has no tarnishing accusations of that nature anyway. Not right? that I'm aware of. Okay, yeah, I agree. Well, we can make one up. <laughs> we are the media, you right. know. If we we'll, say it, it's got to be we'll, true. We'll make it up, and we'll call it Fox News. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. We have a guest we're going to talk to. Then we'll open up the phones. Uh, you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Uh, we do have on the news line, we have asked for an opportunity to talk to State House member David Rowe of Lewisburg. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate that. Well, your world has changed completely in the last month. So for freshman state representative David Rowe, explain what is the new normal for you these days. Well, I definitely have gotten more phone calls in the past uh, couple of weeks than I have, I think, in my entire life combined. Uh, more phone calls, more emails, and I would say that I've had more opportunities to be in contact with constituents now than ever. 
Uh, I just only wish it was for better reasons that I was being able to make these contacts. And what kind of issues, I would suspect, uh, the phrase, Hi, I own a local business, and I would need help with my waiver, comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, a lot of those. And also just a lot of general confusion about a lot of the things we've been told. Um, just yesterday, for example, we got an email uh, that was uh, from somebody within the governor's administration, and they gave us guidance that was directly counter to guidance we had already received from the governor's secretary of legislative affairs. Uh, so even for us, for legislators, there's a great amount of confusion from the messaging coming from the administration. Uh, and so for the uh, constituents, it, it's all the worse. Well, the president says he has sole authority to restart the economy as he sees fit. And the governor says his new council has sole authority to uh, restart the, the economies as he sees fit. But the legislature has some authority to participate in this conversation. Explain that uh, all of these dynamics that are at play here. So the governor announced his new multi-state council uh, yesterday without, it, uh, again, without giving any heads up to the General Assembly, which has sort of been his, uh, his uh, method of operation from day one. Uh, his shutdown order came with no notice, and every subsequent adjustment has been made without any sort of consultation with the General Assembly. Uh, and that has led to a host of issues, uh, from supply chain compromises, uh, to issues like the rest areas where truckers had nowhere to park because the governor had the rest areas barricaded, leaving truckers to have to park on the shoulder and creating an enormous safety hazard. So these sorts of decisions that were made could have been avoided if the governor had simply consulted with members of the General Assembly who could have expressed concerns about certain actions uh, before he makes them. Uh, the General Assembly has been proactive. The House has passed a number of pieces of legislation. I know the Senate has been working as well. Uh, but unfortunately, the governor seems more interested in input from uh, elected officials from other states than he does the uh, elected officials in his own state. But do you agree with his, uh, his assertion that he, as governor, has the authority to open up the state, not the president? Well, I think that the president has a respect uh, for our Tenth Amendment rights, and I think he said as much during a press conference uh, several days ago when a reporter asked him, uh, you know, why don't you issue a state, a nationwide stay-at-home order? Uh, and the president responded with, well, because we have this thing called the Constitution. So I believe that the president does have a respect for states' rights. Let's talk about the state and the government for a moment. Uh, there was a story, and I'm sure you've read the front page of the paper today, and it's been all over the news in the state, that our um, workers' compensation or our unemployment compensation hotline is just collapsing. I mean, is the government, what is the governor doing about that? What are you as legislators doing to try and help these people who just can't get through to file their unemployment claims? So to, to reference Mark's earlier question, uh, the, uh, most of the phone calls I received for the first couple of weeks of the shutdown crisis uh, were concerns about people's businesses, concerns about their livelihoods, clarifications on uh, what the governor considers essential and non-essential. Uh, but definitely within the past few days, all of our calls have shifted over to concern about the unemployment compensation system. Uh, we have had over a million uh, unemployment claims in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania which is more than any other state in the union. We lead the nation in unemployment claims. And part of that is due to the far more draconian shutdown measures that the governor has taken, uh, such as his moratorium on car sales and construction, uh, which makes us unique within the nation. The unemployment compensation system is unfortunately entirely under the direction of the administration. So we as the legislature have very little uh, control over that. 
our objective is in today, and I'm on my way to Harrisburg momentarily, uh, is to pass Senate Bill 613, which brings us under the much more objective and sensible cyber uh, and infrastructure security agency guidelines. That would allow several industries like construction, car dealerships, uh, to resume operations as long as they can do so while maintaining CDC prevention standards. Uh, that will certainly help ease the load on the unemployment compensation system, uh, which was not adequately prepared for the massive influx of new applicants. Uh, so that is the objective that we are trying to do. We're trying to get those people who can work safely back to work safely so they don't have to be on unemployment. But the governor would have to sign that, wouldn't he? Or else you're going to have to override oh. his veto. Yes, he absolutely will have to sign it. Uh, and I certainly hope he will. All of our neighboring states have already adopted these guidelines. Uh, Pennsylvania is the only odd duck in the mix that has not adopted these guidelines. And because of that, we have such confusing inconsistencies Whereas a single plumber can't work at a, uh, an open-air job site by himself, but we can pack 200 people into a Walmart where sanitation standards are much harder to maintain, and that's fine. You know, we have a family of Masons in the, in the district. It's a father and two sons, and they live together, they eat together, but they're not allowed to work together. Uh, so there's so much uh, inconsistency in the governor's selective waiver process that we need to bring uh, the state under the much more objective size of guidelines. Tell me about the legislation to restart the auto sales industry. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as with all things, our safety is, of course, our first priority. So the legislation will simply allow auto sales to continue uh, as long as CDC prevention standards are maintained. And I think that is a, uh, a hugely important step forward. We have had several calls just in the last week alone uh, from constituents who either due to total mechanical failure or accidents have been completely left without transportation. Uh, and many of these people are, are, are healthcare workers who have had to either uh, borrow cars, uh, taking them away from other family members, uh, just to get to work where they're definitely considered essential even by the governor. Uh, and so this transportation shortage has left uh, Pennsylvania consumers uh, going to go out of state. So we have uh, uh, Pennsylvania taxpayers crossing the border to support small businesses of other states uh, because they can't buy them here. And just to uh, show you a bit of irony, the Department of General Services under the direction of Governor Wolf uh, just put out for bid for two new uh, Ford Max SUVs, uh, which the great irony of which is the vehicle that the governor is shopping for, uh, he won't even allow the uh, businesses in Pennsylvania to retail. So he's going to have to go out of state to buy the car that he says is unessential <laughs> for the rest of us, but apparently it's essential for him. Wow, that certainly is an inconsistency of the first magnitude. Well, what what about the, the state stores? You know, other states have allowed their liquor sales to continue and considered essential. Why, I'm not sure. But Pennsylvania hasn't. Is, is part of the guidelines you're talking about enacting today, uh, would they open up the state stores again? So shuttering the state stores, I think, was also one of those instances where, had the governor consulted with the General Assembly before acting, uh, we could have potentially offered him some uh, some insight into what that effect would have. When the governor announced the closure of the state stores, he did so with a 48-hour window, uh, which led to a rush. So whereas you might have two or three people in the state store at any given time, after the governor made his announcement, you had lines out the door <laughs> and people were packed in there uh, when that would otherwise never be the case. Now that the, uh, the governor himself admitted that by closing state stores, he would be creating a new and separate health crisis, as uh, in those individuals who perhaps have substance abuse issues might start going through withdrawal. Uh, 
uh, and that would create a whole new host of issues. And as such, he did uh, the right thing by allowing online sales. However, the uh, website was so ill-prepared for the influx of orders that less than 0.03% of sales uh, were filled within the first day because the website crashed. So this is, if nothing else, a perfect opportunity uh, to remind people that Governor Wolf vetoed a bill that would have privatized the, uh, the state store industry uh, years ago. Uh, and I think we can all agree that the private sector handles business a lot better than the government does. What about the guidelines that the governor's put out? I mean, we're not supposed to drive without a purpose, and the state police are saying that they they won't continue to just smile at people for the long run. If, if they're driving without a purpose, they're going to uh, put them, uh, give them a ticket. It's, is that a secondary offense, or is, you know, should the governor crack down on this? Should he ease up? I mean, what harm is there if someone takes a drive just to get out of the house, and they never get out of their car, and they, they don't let anybody else in? How's that harming anybody? Well, I completely agree with you, and that's why we have to bring the state under the size of guidelines, uh, because what we are currently dealing with is an arbitrary standard that makes no sense, uh, where the, uh, the First Lady has encouraged people to go out and volunteer in groups, uh, but you're exactly right, the police have been uh, considering stopping people just for driving themselves. And where do you draw the line on that? I mean, if I put a, uh, a roll of toilet paper in the backseat of my car, do I just tell the police at any given time, oh, I was going out shopping. How would you enforce something like this? Um, I'm sure you heard about the woman in uh, New York who was out for a walk by herself who was arrested for violating the stay-at-home order and was put in in a jail cell uh, with two dozen other women. So uh, a lot of these considerations are just completely backward, uh, and we have to reconsider the big picture. Can't you sue the governor? I mean, we we often see court cases within government uh, for other issues. Is his authority absolute under the Constitution that it's not worth fighting for? Sovereign immunity. So there was a, a lawsuit uh, um, earlier on when the governor had initially uh, released his shutdown list. It included the mandatory closure of firearm stores. Uh, and the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court heard a case challenging his uh, authority to enact a shutdown. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did side with the governor uh, that he had that right. However, they also provided the caveat that the Second Amendment right of the United States Constitution and the Article One, Section 21 uh, of the Pennsylvania Constitution that states that the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, uh, shall not be questioned, uh, they did clarify that the governor does have to provide an avenue for firearm sales as it is a constitutional right. Uh, so by that order, they did uphold one constitutional right, uh, but they did affirm that the governor has this uh, right. And I think it's worth noting that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court does have a 5-2 to two Democratic majority. Uh, so there's very little chance of a lawsuit having any sort of meaningful change, uh, given the current, demogra- uh, the current political makeup of the administration and the Supreme Court. For a moment, Dave, you're a teacher. How would you grade Governor Wolf on an A to F scale, just out of curiosity? And how would you grade the president? He'd knock him back a grade, I can tell no, you right well, now. I, the, reason I ask that que- <laughs> the reason I'm asking that question is because it's going to be critical for us in this state, you know, that the president and the governor are on the same page, hopefully, or else there could be some more missteps. I mean, if, if you were going to rely on somebody, who would it be, the president or the governor, and why? Well, I'll certainly give the governor an A for effort. I believe his intentions are good. However, uh, as I have said, his uh, uh, choice to simply write off the General Assembly uh, is is most disturbing. I mean, we have 
a duly elected General Assembly, the House and the Senate, uh, that the people of Pennsylvania from all across Pennsylvania have elected to be their voices to the governor, and the governor is opting to ignore those duly elected representatives, and he's instead choosing to listen to the chiefs of staff from other states for governors that none of our uh, residents in Pennsylvania ever voted for. Um, so I, I, I have um, concerns with the voices that the governor is listening to, the voices that told him it was okay to close sawmills but keep pallet companies open, the voices that told him it was okay to barricade rest stops uh, but leave highways open. These are the sorts of decisions that were being made uh, from input uh, with people who clearly uh, have had not a whole lot of real-world experience or understand how the supply chain works. Uh, I do think that if you just look at the federal guidelines that have come out of the Cyber, uh, Cyber Infrastructure and Security Agency, and those are federal guidelines uh, under the guidance of the president, uh, they are far more objective and they make a lot more sense without being nearly as arbitrary and heavy-handed. Uh, I, I think that the governor attempted uh, with his waiver process to sort of issue a, uh, an opportunity to restore some of the compromised supply chain steps that uh, his initial order had compromised Unfortunately, the waiver process ended up being very selective and very confusing as we had multiple businesses who never heard back at all and other businesses who would get duplicate letters. One would say they were approved, one would say they were denied, uh, and they didn't know which one they were supposed to listen to. Uh, so I, I think we need to follow the, the president's far more objective standard of prevention and mitigation. When it's time to open things up, what might that look like? So I think we definitely need to, and I did give the uh, governor credit for this early on uh, when he initially made his uh, stay-at-home order regional. You know, Pennsylvania is a big state. We have diverse communities. We have varying population densities. And the governor had started off going county by county as the infection spread. Uh, and I do think that that was the right thing to do. You know, what works in center city Philadelphia might not work in rural Pennsylvania. Uh, and having a regionalized approach will be important. So as we reopen, I think maintaining a regional approach while also maintaining safety standards for those people who are most at risk, which is that the, those individuals who are already perhaps immunocompromised or individuals who are in that senior citizen demographic, we need to make sure we are taking steps to prevent those people who are most vulnerable while also making sure that we can bring our economy back online. Uh, and it's important to remember that our economy is the engine that has created the most uh, the, the longest lifespan and the highest quality of life in human history. Uh, so the economy and the private sector are not the problem. They're the solution. Well, Dave, the healthcare industry is certainly being fairly buffeted in this instance. Are you getting many calls about, you know, medical care? Or people have any complaints? Or how about funding the hospitals? The governor announced his plan. I forget how many millions of dollars it is to help them. To loan. To loan them. Okay. How, how do you look at that? Is that, a, is that a successful or a good answer to the question, or does it need some more work? So I think that the, the health care system is under a lot of stress. And part of that stress is being exacerbated by the moratorium on elective surgeries that the governor has put in place. Uh, I've been on conference calls with several of our state hospital systems, uh, and they are uh, hemorrhaging millions of dollars uh, every week that they are not able to perform these elective surgeries. Now, there could certainly be some criteria there. I would certainly leave it up to the discretion of the hospital. Uh, but the, the healthcare system is sort of suffering a one-two punch here, uh, where they are trying to prep for uh, the peak of, uh, of infection, uh, which is supposed to come, but even uh, according to latest modeling, uh, we will not have a shortage of ICU beds. Thankfully, we should actually have 
a healthy surplus. Uh, but the healthcare system is suffering that one-two punch of trying to prepare for a potential surge while at the same time being denied their revenue stream. And this has forced them to lay off hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of employees all across the Commonwealth, which has then uh, exacerbated the problem further by leaving them short staffed. Uh, and so this, this uh, low-interest loan program the governor introduced uh, could be helpful for some health systems, but our hospitals, just like our small businesses, aren't necessarily interested in taking on more debt at a time when they're already cash-strapped. Uh, as anybody with a uh, iota of business sense will tell you that taking on more debt when you already don't have cash flow is not exactly a financially sound decision. Uh, so I think that we need to reconsider the blanket moratorium on electives and turn it back over to the health care providers uh, to determine what would be considered essential and non-essential uh, rather than the government. You're saying that we have a surplus, perhaps, of uh, ER or, or ICU beds. How about respirators? Uh, or, or do we have enough of those? So there's not any modeling for how many rest, uh, respirators will be needed. Uh, there's modeling that is updated daily, and I have not yet had a chance to look at the numbers for today. Uh, but there is daily modeling that is done for the number of hospital beds, the number of ICU beds, uh, based on percentages. But it's much harder to predict who will be requiring a ventilator, and so there's not any uh, predicted modeling for that. Uh, but Secretary Levine, Secretary of the Department of Health, Rachel Levine, has mentioned several times that uh, there should not be a shortage of, of uh, ventilators in Pennsylvania based on current data. Right. Anything you'd like to add? We may not have even asked the question that relates to the most important topic of the day. What, what would that be? We'll give you an additional remark. Uh, uh, what would that be? Anything else well, on sorry, your mind? Question. Anything else important? Oh, I would just encourage people to uh, to hang in there. I realize that this time has created an immense amount of hardship. I have received uh, hundreds of phone calls within the just the last few days alone. And, and Mark, some of these stories really are heartbreaking. I mean, we have individuals who have been, uh, for, for example, I have one guy who uh, was desperate for a waiver because he had started a construction project that was almost finished. He had sent his children away uh, over 600 miles to stay with family while he wrapped up the project. Uh, and now he was denied a waiver and he is living in a trailer with his wife and they are 600 miles away from their kids. And every day that passes that they are not allowed to continue is another day that they are uh, they're, uh, waiting to be permanently reunited as a family. So I would uh, encourage anyone who's listening, if I'm not your representative or, uh, or for your senators, to give them a call. Uh, make sure that today, tomorrow, this week, that they do vote in favor of Senate Bill 613 because we need to create a consistent standard across the board uh, for the sake of our taxpayers, for the sake of our businesses, and for the sake of our families. And that would implement the SISA uh, <coughs> rules for businesses that yeah. are open and not? Okay, fabulous. Yeah, great yeah, list. And, I looked at that. I read it. It's a great it's document. Clar- it's worth clarifying that this is not a, uh, you know, all businesses open. You know, I've had people ask me, will this return everything to normal? And no, it's, that's not the case. Uh, it will not return everything to normal, but rather it will create a much more objective standard uh, from what we have now and allow people to uh, potentially have the ability to uh, continue to provide for their families while also maintaining safe GDC prevention standards. Right. I looked through it last night. It's a much more common sense approach. Related industries are tied together rather than picking and choosing and, the, and that sort of thing. And the auto industry can sell with proper CDC guidelines. Yay. Yeah. All right. Exactly right. Thank you so much, yeah, David. Check good luck in with again that, as often as you have important news for us. You have an open mic anytime. Yeah, and let us know how that Thank bill goes. Take care. Yep, keep hey, us I'll, in touch. I'll let you know. Thanks, Dave.
State Representative uh, David Rowe of the 85th District. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we got a minute. Uh, during the 9 a.m. hour, we'll open up the phone lines, and we have uh, a lengthy text to read. If uh, uh, Several, see. actually. Yeah, RK, when you're sending that email, would be much closer to ideal when it's that long because <laughs> our text receiver breaks it up into, what are those, 140 characters. Right, so. and then and not always in order. And then, well, no, they're never in order. Jum- <laughs> First, it jumbles them, and then it... So anyway, but we'll, we've Joe is good at... Uh, Jigsaw I'm puzzles. jumbling. Right. Well, that's because I'm so oxygen rich over here in my tent. Well, I hope this legislation goes through. I, look I do through too. Size of guidelines they make perfect sense. If if you have a related industry like transportation, you would be able to buy a car on with all these CDC guidelines. Well, why do they stop then, it in the first place? I mean, it's not like you take 15 people in with you for a test drive. I have no idea. I guess because some of the in the past, some of the dialogue between a new car salesperson and the buyer was one on one, or when you buy the new car they have to explain how it works and that's one-on-one but all of that could be easily changed well you and i are far enough apart that you know you could pass me the paperwork and sanitize it i could sign it and hand it back put the salesman in your tent that would that would work (laughs) you're listening to wk okay sunbury News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Directly across from me, Mr. Joe Lundberg. He's diametrically opposed. Joe Lundberg. To oh, I'm sorry, Joe <laughs> McGranahan. I'm sorry. Would you at, like a weather forecast? No, isn't that funny? I'm looking at my forecast as I announce your name, Joe McGranahan. Sorry. You about have that. these momentary lapses. Does senility ring a bell? Oh yes. Well, like I said, even in your declining, aged condition, you're still ten times smarter than me. So I. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank you for pointing that out again. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We do have some news headlines. Both Evangelical Community Hospital and Geisinger provided WKOK with some new numbers on the number of individuals who have been tested, treated, and or died from the coronavirus. At Evangelical Community Hospital, they say as of Monday, they've tested 457 people, and the majority of these tests came back negative. Evan had 39 positive results.
results. We have the full list of numbers at WKOK.com. Uh, they were proud to confirm uh, what uh, U.S. Congressman Fred Keller announced yesterday, that uh, the tests are taking 48 to 72 hours uh, to complete at this time, rather than the week-long wait uh, that uh, they were enjoying earlier. At Geisinger, they said as of Monday, they tested 8,400 people throughout the entire system. Now, before I give these numbers, what is the entire system? It is 13 hospitals in two states. Geisinger serves more than 3 million residents throughout 45 counties in central, south central, and northeastern Pennsylvania and southern New Jersey. Now, having said that, uh, they've tested 8,400 people throughout this entire system. 1,100 or so have come back positive. 14 people have died in the entire Geisinger system. Uh, here are uh, Geisinger's remarks about that. Uh, they say, as of yesterday, the 8,400 results uh, returned to Geisinger patients since March 6th, 1,153 or 13% have tested positive for COVID-19. This is a reminder that physical distancing practices and other preventative and precautionary measures will help ease the burden on this national and regional health care uh, disaster. Uh, and you can read the rest of uh, Geisinger's uh, statement at WKOK.com and more about their numbers is uh, posted there. The governor took to the airwaves for seven minutes uh, last night. Here's how he wrapped up his remarks. By doing nothing, by distancing ourselves from others, by staying home, we are making a difference. We're saving lives. We're saving our children, our neighbors, and our friends. By doing nothing, we are doing something truly extraordinary. And for that, I thank you. During the remarks, the president, the governor made no mention to, of the fact that Pennsylvania, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, Delaware Governor John Carney, and Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo uh, announced the creation of a multi-state council to restore the economy and get people back to work gradually. The announcement uh, builds on the state's ongoing regional approach to combating the COVID-19 pandemic. The coordinating group will be comprised of one health per expert, one one economic development expert and the respective chief of staff from each state that work together to develop a fully integrated regional plan to gradually lift the state's stay-at-home orders while minimizing the risk of an increased spread of the virus. The council will also create a framework using every tool available, the governor said, to accomplish the goal of easing social isolation. Some of Pennsylvania's most populous counties are urging the governor to allow them to conduct a June 2nd primary election in entirely by mail. As you may recall, the election was going to be held later this month with some individuals capable of voting by mail. And now the Allegheny County, for instance, says uh, they would like to see the in-person election barred and all voting in Allegheny County and some other counties held entirely by mail. Uh, the Supreme Court upheld Governor Wolf's decision to shutter non-life-sustaining businesses during the pandemic. That may support the argument uh, in court. Finally, uh, it's considered an unusual move even for a politician who's done more than a few unusual things during his tenure. But during yesterday's daily White House briefing, President Donald Trump aired what amounted to a taxpayer-funded campaign video praising his handling of the coronavirus crisis. At the start of the briefing, meant to tell the nation about the pandemic, the lights in the briefing room were dimmed for the three-minute video. The president also went on to claim total, quote, total authority, unquote, 
his words, to decide how and when to reopen the economy after weeks of tough distancing. Governors from both parties, though, pushing back, noting that it is, in fact, they who had the primary responsibility to shut down and ensure public safety in their states, and they have the sole responsibility. So we have a uh, bit of a constitutional dispute there. But first, for, fortunately for us, we have a man who loves the Constitution, has probably read it word for word about 20 times across from me. So who's in the right here? If the president says he has total authority and the states say, no, this is uh, afforded to us, what's your view? The governors have the right. It's pretty clear. I mean, the president himself a few weeks ago was saying that the governors were responsible for all this, and he was just there in an advisory capacity. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to change it around, say, I have the capacity. I think the the real answer should have been, if anybody was statesmanlike, is that we need to work together on this to come up with something that works for each individual state. Here's my problem. I mean, even the pact of five or six governors, all of whom happen to be Democrats on the East Coast, three governors on the West Coast, all of whom happen to be Democrats, you know, so it looks like this is going to be political, and Trump's probably going to resist it, believing they're out to get him, rightly or wrongly. But I think the president should be working with each individual state to take into consideration their governors and their health secretaries and what they're seeing and what it makes sense to do and what it makes sense not to do. Uh, I don't think this is just, uh, I'm opening up the country today because I've got the absolute power to do it. If the president was familiar with the Constitution, he would realize that anything that's not specifically given to the federal government is reserved for the states. What and is the president's, what is the federal government's role here? We know they're overseeing the CDC, which issues guidelines, and we know they're well, overseeing the FDA, The governors can't have it both does ways. Approvals. They can't turn around and say, well, the president isn't giving us enough of this, enough of that, and we don't have enough of this, and it's the president's fault, and then turn around and say, yeah, but he, doesn't, he can't tell us to open up. I mean, they're either going to accept some responsibility for their poor performances in some cases, or their lack of preparedness, or they're going to have to, you know, uh, back off of this claim that the president doesn't have any authority to do anything. Well, I, and, and he really doesn't have the authority to open up the country. Right, that's fine. But in terms of what the president can do, can he, what? <laughs> oh, can he not work cooperatively with these individuals he rather than, rather than say, "Hey, I'm in charge of you." Why doesn't he say, "Please, can we? Can you please put the, an executive seat at the end of the table?" You know what? You know what this reminded me of. You ever see the movie The Cane Mutiny? Uh, long, t- long, long time ago, 50 okay. short years ago. Well, yeah. I'm in it, uh, Humphrey Bogart plays Captain Quig, who is, um, I guess, you know, Mart- something of a martinet. He's obviously needed support and help from people, uh, but he didn't get it, and they have, they tried to create a mutiny. And at the end, my favorite scene is at the end where Jose Ferrer is talking to, um, who is my free- three sons? I uh, can't remember the name of the actor, tall guy. But he was saying to him, you know, if all of you had just worked with him a little more, if you had given him a little more of your faith and support, maybe this wouldn't have all happened. Mm, And I think the same thing is true here with President Trump. You know, he is a gut puncher. Everybody knows he is. And so it's like a cheap shot to swing at him because you know what's going to happen. He's going to swing back. Fred McMurray. Fred McMurray, yeah. (laughs) That's a classic scene. If you've never seen it, it's worth seeing the whole movie just to see the ending scene. But, you know, that's that's what we've got here. We've got a president, and I know you were looking up narcissism earlier. Is that your belief, the president's narcissistic? Uh, well, let's. this is uh, – w- w- I found this definition last year. It was used as a, a training uh, for somebody do – does the president have intense grandiosity, a belief in self-perfection, feels privileged, exploits others, lusts after power, has anger with no remorse – 
has uh, no insight into others? Does he blame others for their problems? Does he cognitive, is he cognitively ineffective? Does he enjoy promiscuity, lack sexual inhibitions, or unable to remain in love? So I, I think the answer is yes to all of those, but that's just my opinion. But it, that doesn't really solve our issue. But that explains why the president says he indeed has uh, total authority o- over these governors, because he has intense grandiosity. It's the very first uh, <laughs> element of malignant narcissism. But yet when he was challenged, uh, we, when he, the media came after him and said, you should have been doing all this stuff, he turned around and said, no, the governor should have been doing all this stuff. How does that play into your well, definition? I, I, you know, I, I understand that. I get that. I, I just think we should focus on the future. Let's focus on what the president is going to be able to do with the states. Let's focus on what the states will do. Uh, you know, uh, let's suppose it's completely our fault. We missed it. Joe and I missed it. We were warned in January that a pandemic was coming and we did nothing. Let's just stipulate that, that the okay. president probably could have done better. You and I could have done better. MSNBC was the only person who had an interview during January that related to it. And I think that individual said we shouldn't worry about right, it. Right. That was okay. morning Joe. Well, and Rush Limbaugh, for, for, for months kept saying that this is a democratic plot. So, not that he's an authority on anything, but you know, he was part of this. Uh, this And and David Rowe has well, changed his tune. The president, state said representative. It was a, the president said it was a democratic hoax, you know, at one point. So, I mean, we had a lot of people make... Well, I don't think he did say that. I thought he did. I don't believe huh. so. Somebody I don't think did. he said it was a hoax. He, he said it was nothing to worry about in about 20 different ways I'm to say that. I'm pretty sure he said it was a democratic, another democratic okay, hoax. Okay, well, we'll ask we'll our to listeners <laughs> to help us with that answer. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We are talking about the president's narcissistic personality no, disorder. No, you're talking about it. I'm not. <laughs> we are talking about a promotional campaign video that was shown to reporters during his briefing. Well, I think what happened was his campaign people said, look, President, you're doing a great job running the country. Uh, we got to take advantage of the fact that we have the eyes of the nation on the White House at this time. Let's, we can't do any campaign rallies, so let's get some look campaigning what, look, in these rallies. Look what happened with Dr. Fauci again yesterday at that press conference. Well, we had to sit down. Right. Well, he just <laughs> waved them off. Down. The, the reporters, <laughs> the reporters <laughs> just won't let him, let him go. I mean, they right. won't let it up until they get the – they won't be happy until he comes out and says, yes, the president put a gun to my head and said I had to praise his – efforts. Right. You know, he tells them, he gives them a straight answer. Well, they don't want the straight answer. The, did you see he made him sit down during the video? Who? He was oh. standing up on the podium and he pointed to an empty chair that was off to the side. No, I didn't see that. For Fauci part. to sit in. I actually didn't see the video. You and I were trying to find it. Yeah, I haven't seen morning. it either. They were showing it on but CNN. CN, well, CNN cut into it and cut this. it off. Right. They started to show it. We we were trying to find it during the, the uh, news and uh, we found a story where CNN cut it off because they said, well, this is not a, yeah, related to the COVID virus. So, in other words, the president wants to make a point, and CNN doesn't want to let him do it. All right, we got three lines going. we got texts and emails. We're going to go to the phones in a moment. We're going to stay on schedule. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. <laughs> Welcome on board. <laughs> WKOK's live telephone talk show. Three callers waiting. we got a lengthy text that came in earlier, so Joe, we'll try we'll to follow try and this get that. down. says, good morning. Yesterday, the president said he has total authority to force states to reopen. Lie. The Constitution states it. He is not a king, thank God. Then he said N1H1, H1N1 killed more people. Lie. More people die from the coronavirus in 10 days than died in one year of H1N1. Then he said we would have 25 million test kits. Lie. We have only three million. Now Trump cut aid to the te- to testing because he doesn't want Americans to know how bad this virus is. To date, approximately 579,900 confirmed cases, 23,400 deaths in America, and now 2,500 active service members have coronavirus. I don't think we can ever believe big baby Trump. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Uh, Bobby, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. I'm going to say good morning, everyone. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask Joe, uh, okay, technically we live in a commonwealth, a commonwealth of Pennsylvania, commonwealth of Massachusetts, commonwealth, and from settling, I'm going to say, estates and what I call legal matters, the commonwealth has its way of doing things. And, of course, Joe being the mayor of uh, Schmoke and Dam, if something should come down, you know, living in this area all my life, I mean, Snyder Union and Northumberland County are right next to each other, but everybody gets along to try to do things to help each other. So maybe, you know, down the road, knock on wood, you know, to have a, I don't know, some type of restart of the economy, so to speak, uh, you know, being the mayor, maybe, Joe, you could... Uh, uh, as far as the ifs, ands, or buts, maybe uh, call a special council meeting or something. I mean, there's... Yes. To open up the state. Yeah, I'll get right on that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good idea. In other words, somewhere along the line between Washington and here, we ought to start at square one and then go from there of how everybody can help everybody. All right. Well said, as always. Thank you so much, uh, Bobby. Appreciate that. Dale, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. The world of cheese is erupting. Go right ahead. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, I would probably say 90% of your listening audience is probably hearing our government president and our governors sound more as a communist dictatorship than a innovation democracy. So I will, you said about 90% believe that, the way they're sounding? Dale, we're not a democracy. We're a republic. There's a difference. Oh, dear. Okay, okay, now we're a republic. Okay. No, we've so, always been a republic, Dale. <laughs> okay, I, I just want to ask you, do, are they sounding like a communist dictatorship? They're fighting over the power? Not not really. They're having what we do in a republic. They're having a debate over uh, who's right and who's wrong, and the Constitution so, will settle so that debate. Both agree, they're both agreeing on that we need to uh, fire up more manufacturing and less police and, you know, more free wills is that we're all fighting over. What's communistic about that? 
How is that communistic? Is that what you're saying they're fighting over? More, uh, no, I'm maybe. saying there's a genuine disagreement, p- politically motivated perhaps, between the president and the governors. The president. Are they fighting over more well, let me answer your question. The president wants to reopen the economy. He wants to get people back to work because long term we can't keep printing money and handing it out to people without there being consequences. Those yeah, consequences what, would be. In, I'm yeah. still answering your question. Those consequences would be inflation, and that's something we want to invest void. But each side, I believe the Democratic governors and the Republican president all are trying to do what they believe is best for the country. We may disagree with one side or the other, but let's at least give them some credit for being smart enough to try and want to do something. Joe, you probably figure out what clothes you're wearing tomorrow, correct, Joe? Not at this point, Dale, but by tomorrow morning, but I will have made out sleep, th- not my mind. Out what clothes you're going to wear, right, Joe? I said uh, not now, but tomorrow morning I'll make that decision. Okay, Joe. I'm just talking about what's reality and and what, like I say, who's painting the picture and and uh, creating your perception is five the biggest corporations. The same five corporations run CNN and Fox. So what are, what are those corporations? What attack, what are their names? If we attack those, if we attack those five big as people attack those five big corporations, we destroyed our resources, and then we can get back to our normal living. But otherwise, we're just going to have more police being hired and more subsidized work, and everybody's going to get paid less because superinflation is going to come. You might get a 10% raise, but hyperinflation, the way they want to run it, is going to be very expensive for the common man. So I tell you, just pick out your clothes tomorrow, what you're going to wear, and just go on and carry on. That's that's your chain of thought. That's, That's fine, but it's not reality. <laughs> well, well, I have my cheese hat. I'm going to wear that. No, come on. What are the five corporations that are running the world? Apple, Amazon, what? Google, Microsoft, and who else? Uh, I don't know who they are. I've seen oh, it. It's it. the same five control Fox and CNN. So they're controlling their... They're just... They're who owns Fox? Bickering. They're bickering... Universal owns NBC, and, and, MSNBC. Yeah, they're bickering over non-political and unrelevant things. This way they can... Fox is owned by News Corp. Stealing your conscious thought. If you give them a chance to steal your conscious thought, they sold your brain. So I just want to say, step back and just watch and play. Have they stolen any of yours yet, or are you avoiding this somehow? No, I just know that, you know, government only sells two things, snake oil or mud pie. And you're going to have to Well, that sums it up. Yeah, that really does. That puts it all right there in a nutshell. Snake oil or mud pies? Stan, it is. And it's a world of cheese. Official, that is 10 minutes. Cheese. I like cheese. (laughs) Stan, that is 10 minutes. You'll never get back. Uh, As far as Trump calling the virus a hoax, that never happened. What he did do, though, was call the... Democrats' characterization of how he is treating, or you know, responding to the virus, a hoax, just like they, you know, with the Russian crowd, garbage that was going on in the Ukraine impeachment thing. You know, the the Democrats put out a line and a, a storyline, and, and you know, most of it's a lie. So. That's what he was talking about when he called it a hoax. He's never called the virus a hoax. Okay, so and yesterday that's what I during that news conference, when he laid out that video, he had CNN fuming. Okay. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> well, it's a campaign video, right? But I think what happened is people said, "Look, you're you're wasting these opportunities. The whole nation's watching, and all you're talking about is a virus." Talk about how great the administration is for five minutes. 
Well, no, he needed to set the, you know, set the facts down for what the truth is. They've been telling, you know, CNN, MSNBC, and some other ones have been telling the world since day one that Trump hasn't done enough, hasn't acted fast enough, and didn't take it seriously. When if you look at the videos that he put out there in January, the people in these networks, MSNBC, CNN, and some of the other ones, I think CBS was one of them, they're saying we have nothing to worry about from this virus. This isn't going to affect us. With the information that we know now, that we have now, the WHO, the World Health Organization, was lying to the world about how serious things were. They were telling the world that this was not transmitted human to human. It was only from animal to human because whether they knew it or the Chinese were lying to them and telling them that's the way it was. That's the information that was being put out. So what is a man or a person supposed to do? How do you respond to something like that? It when is that a is no-win situation. <laughs> it's a no-win situation. You do too much, you're panicking people. You do too little, you're overlooking a pandemic. Well, he was... He was called a racist when he stopped all flights from China at the end of January. Oh, for isolating. You no, know, they called him a xenophobe, a racist, and then in, uh, when was it, February, mid-February or mid-March, when he stopped all European flights, when things were really going downhill over there. He stopped all European flights, and he was called a xenophobe again. So he can't win, doesn't matter what he does, right or wrong. Now, as far as reopening the, the economy and, and the states getting back to work, and that's probably not his choice. That should be done by the governors because the governors are the ones that stopped it all. The president didn't do it. He made recommendations about social distancing, and the governors came up with their plans. Now, we got a tyrant out there in Michigan. I'm glad I don't live out there anymore. You know, you can't even go into Lowe's in, in, in Michigan and buy potting soil and, and, and garden seeds or an American flag because they're not considered essential. So they put a ban it on makes items. No sense. They put a ban on items rather than than st- whole categories, huh? Right. Well, that, that's part of the category. You know, they're they're not considered essential. That's just a, a, an example. You can't buy a garden seed if you want to plant a garden in the spring. You know, if if things really went downhill and and the supermarkets were closed and people wanted to grow their food, what are they going to do? They're not allowed to buy the seeds to grow the food. How's that work? Well, well, it doesn't make question. a lot of sense, but we got a tyrant in charge out there, and, and she wants to, you know, she's making all these, you know, all these orders by fiat. You know, she's she's the king, or the queen, I guess it would be, not the king, because I can't be careful. I've Got to be, you know, gender neutral or whatever. But anyways, <laughs> you know, so it, it makes no and and taking in people that have cabins in the woods up north in Michigan, and the people in Detroit want to get out of Dodge because things are bad down there and they have a place they can go up in the woods and stay up there for a couple of weeks away from everybody. What's the problem? But she won't allow it. She's giving them tickets, fining them. And they can't go out on a lake with a motorized boat. Why? Because they might have to go stop at a gas station and get gas. <laughs> it makes no sense. Because gas stations are, I'm assuming gas stations are open. So why are they open if you can't get gas? Well, even in our own state, the governor bans going to play golf, but he allows people to stand shoulder to shoulder at a trout stream. So what's the oh, difference? Oh, no, no, they're supposed to be 13. Well, I, yeah, I they, heard a guy came in here yesterday and told me, now they changed it from 6 feet apart to 13 feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they come up with the 13 feet, but I guess that was on the site. I, I don't know. But, you know, take your fish and pull and go in either direction. If somebody's staying close to you, whack with them, tell them to move over. Uh, 
but yeah, it makes no sense. Well, I mean, I've been. If, in, if you I've, got two people out playing golf, especially if they live in the same family in the same house. What's the big deal? I stopped at the grocery store yesterday, and uh, the grocery store I went to has all these lanes marked out. You go in this door, you have to go, and they had a guy with a counter oh, checking how many like people that. are you went, there. You went, to, you went to Giant. Right. Well, and there are people coming the other way, and, you know, so what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Knock them down and beat them over the head and say, hey, you're violating the traffic pattern of this store? But you had your mask on, correct? I did. Stan, do you have a camo yeah. mask? Absolutely not. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> this is still a free country the last time I checked. If I want to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. So if if the, I don't, I don't. I don't go around coughing and sneezing on everybody. So if the governor's you know, going to suggest... It's common sense, and I stay away from people. You know, I kind of follow... The, they went to Giant, kind of followed their arrows best you can. You know, you miss an aisle, oh, crap. Then you got to go around to the next one and make a circle back. It is what it is. Well, I went you know, to the... Go I'll tell you what, I, I, saw, I solved that problem, Stan. I just walked backwards to the, where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> like backing, up a, backing <laughs> up a one-way street. Right. Well, I want you to know that I don't do much shopping, but I did do some shopping for my mom. And I went through the whole store with my nose in my phone because that's where the grocery list was. And then at the <laughs> end, I'm going to the checkout, and I look up, and there's directional signs on the aisles. I had gone up and down the aisles <laughs> randomly without any attention whatsoever You're Lucky I didn't find you out to hit you on the head with my umbrella. (laughs) I'm surprised. Well, and the other thing is, why aren't the store clerks wearing a mask? You know, they're they're standing inches apart. Most of the ones I saw were. They are now. The ones I saw were too. Yeah, this was in Shemokin Dam last Thursday. They didn't have. Yeah, things were different. I was down there last week for that too. Yeah, but I mean, everything's directional. They only let you in one door. And right now, and yesterday in Danville, they started limiting the number of people in the store. They would make you wait outside, and the guy inside would tell you, okay, you can come in now Yeah, go through the store. They even have spaces marked off outside where you're to stand. Oh, in case there's a line. Yeah, right, in case there's a line. Oh, dear. Hey, thanks, Stan. Appreciate your call, as always. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. I love Stan. He's a great caller. All right. We got another caller standing by. Uh, Oh, we'll we'll take him before the uh, break, since he's the CEO of a a fine, slightly smaller company. Uh, Mr. Billy's on the line. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning. I have a, a comment and then a question for Mark. So the comment is, uh, it's amazing to me how little we hear the word exponential anymore after having heard it practically every minute the first few, first couple of weeks of this virus and, and all the warnings about how horrible it was going to be. A few minutes ago, uh, Mark said, you know, basically darned if we do darned if we don't you know whether you over predict or under predict but uh you know i think it's important to ask who's been closer at least on their predictions has it been those who said this is more like the flu or those who said this is more like the end of the world on uh, (laughs) march 16th governor newsom in california wrote a letter to donald trump this was after all of the lockdowns were in place in california he wrote a letter and said he believed that in the next eight weeks, 58% of California would be infected. Well, we're four weeks into that prediction, and 0.07% of California is infected. This is indeed not exponential. In fact, our health secretary, Dr. Rachel Levine, admitted that for the first time in her press conference yesterday when she used the words, not exponential. And uh, so we're seeing here that I think we're a lot closer to 
the reality of the folks who were saying this isn't nearly the big deal that uh, the scaremongers are making of it than we were to the scaremongers in terms of but you their know predi- their their prediction. You know how this works. We flatten the curve. We not we didn't just flatten it. We squished it. I mean, <laughs> the, you know, the the reason that they we aren't enjoying exponential passage of the COVID virus to people is because we're all standing down, or most of no, us I are. I don't think that's actually true. Um, number one, those predictions were many of those predictions were made even. Even with the flattening of the curve, number two, if you look at countries and states that have not implemented nearly as strict procedures, um, you don't see a doubling rate that's drastically different. Uh, you look at Sweden, for instance. Their doubling rate right now is five days. What's the doubling rate in the U.S.? Five days. Even though they don't have the, the mandatory lockdowns that we have here. Uh, look at this. Look in in the states that haven't done lockdowns the way Pennsylvania, New York, and California have done lockdowns. But, but here's my problem. Here's lockdown. my problem with it, Billy. They're announcing the total number of cases. What I want to know is not how many people had it, how many people have it, how many active cases are there right now, how many are in the hospital, how many are at home recovering. And then I heard this morning on MSNBC a story saying that we'll never know how many millions of people are dying at home alone because they won't go to the hospital. I don't believe that's true. Do you? Millions? <laughs> well, I, I, lots of people. I don't know of anyone who dies and gets buried in their backyard without... <laughs> somebody finds out. Right. Somebody about. eventually finds out. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question, though, for Mark. It, it irritated me earlier when he said David Rowe has changed his position on this. Can you can you tell me what da- how David Rowe has changed his position on this? I think he's gone from being uh, sort of in denial, saying that there's just, you know, we're totally worried about nothing and that this is just a flu and that, the, of course, he's always maintained that the governor's been in the wrong. So now he's uh, changed his dialogue. I wouldn't, if I said he changed his position, maybe that's that's an overstatement. But he certainly has changed his dialogue to uh, embracing the fact that this is the reality that he has to deal with. Now, it's forced upon him. There would be absolutely no point for him to say, well, I'm going to be an effective state representative, and to say that I'm in total denial, it is not doing that. Well, he did give the governor an A for effort. Well, and, it, you know, and I know for a fact David is super serving his clients. He's <laughs> talking to some, or not his clients, his constituents, uh, spoken to a couple of them that say he's, you know, provided lots of information, uh, trying to grease the skids to get things going in the unemployment system, trying to get as much as you can to get waivers going to make sure that the public has numbers. I mean, his Facebook page is current with the you know, the uh, the graphs and numbers. He keeps people informed about that. Uh, Joe and I said it off mic. I think he's come of age. You know, he's come fully up to speed as a House member. You know, he's really yeah. providing a super I'm impressed service. by how he's grasped all these issues so quickly. And it's a shame in Pennsylvania that we are so partisan and, you know, the Democrats would like to do nothing other than to point fingers at the Republicans, even under this circumstance. And David Rowe, like all the Republicans, has taken this opportunity to say, well, it's primarily the liberal side of the aisle that is in the wrong here. But be, be that as it may, that's, that, that is how he's changed. Does that answer your question? It answers my question. I, I don't really, I, I think he's, he has reacted to reality in terms of not just the reality of the virus. I don't think he underestimated the reality of the virus. I think he made a key mistake in underestimating the willingness of 
of the inner totalitarian in our government in our government individuals to come out and force things that that clearly the constitution and their oath of office should prevent them from from forcing but so he's he's had to react to to maybe underestimating that mm-hmm. uh, but i don't I, to me i mean i i've had conversations with him through this process and what he's been saying about the virus itself what he's been saying about what we should do about the virus i i don't see a uh, darn bit of difference. You see no change. Okay, well, that, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave the plate open on that. The problem is that there are two different types of people running around. There are those who believe the sky is falling, this is going to be the end of the earth as we know it, and others who say, gee, we don't need to worry about this. I think, you know, most people, I think, are more pragmatic. They look at the data, they look at what they see around them, and they try to act accordingly. And I don't think we're giving the American people enough credit for being responsible enough to make their own valid decisions without government telling them which way they ought to go. I agree, yeah. All right, thank you so much, Billy. Really appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. Thanks. Thanks, Billy. 1-800-795-9565. we got emails and texts galore. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. Uh, on the Mark. On the Mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Family-owned dealership since 1915. We invite you to do what I have done, and that is build my next Ford Ranger at uh, sunburymotors.com. Uh, yes, I did check their online specials, and I looked at all the Fords, Hyundais, Kays, and Lincolns, but I decided that what I wanted didn't quite exist. It was the Raptor with the six-foot bed and all the electric options and the power rear window and uh, two rows of uh, seats. So we had to build that uh, special, uh, but it's waiting for me down at the Sunbury Motor Company, and you can do what I did. Build a Ford, build a Hyundai, build a Kia, build a Lincoln to your precise specifications. First, to check out the models on hand, don't buy that Black Raptor, that one's mine, but all the rest of them are available, plus hundreds of pre-owned vehicles that are literally in perfect condition. They would just love to talk to you and do business with you and uh, convince you what millions of people have already found out, that the Sunbury Motor Company loves to super serve their customers. They can't wait to sell vehicles Again, hopefully that legislation will go through and they'll be able to do so observing distancy and CDC guidelines and get this uh, and get this part of the industry back to work again. So please, Sunbury Motor Company, check it out, sunburymotors.com. Uh, Joe, upper right-hand corner, I guess. Yes, okay. One of our emailers, and I believe this is Tom, who is usually a critic of the president, and he doesn't disappoint today. The number of billionaires pushing for everyone to go back to work early proves one thing and one thing only. They don't make their money you do says tom says tom okay well now 
you know, I, I don't think it's just billionaires. People are not content well, to sit in their home all day long doing well, nothing. And the killer is the ironies, you know, that you you can't go out to a fine local nursery and buy a plant, but you can go to Walmart and buy a plant. Right. Or, you know, you can't go buy a car, but you can get your old car fixed up to the, you know, 20, you can put $20,000 into your new car, paint it and line it up and get it, but you can't buy a new one or a used one. And as David Rowe mentioned, this issue with vehicles, you know, a lot of people, you know, buy new vehicles regularly, and uh, people have run into dilemmas with broken-down vehicles or um, crashes that you can't, you can't, under any circumstances, buy a vehicle. Maybe if you personally know the owner of a car lot, they'll loan you a car until well, you now, can exchange are money. Are the car rental businesses open? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, maybe. Oh, no, somebody rented a car and Well, then that's west. it. It's, this was all oh, a plot to make car. the car rental business oh, boom. Yeah. yeah, we don't let them buy a new one, so they have to go out and rent one. <laughs> that That's bizarre. I mean, this whole thing is bizarre. Uh, one of my Facebook friends posted that she put her mask on and went to the grocery store today and how depressing it was when she came back. You know, she was never gl- so glad to get home because, I mean, people are walking around in masks, mm-hmm. you know, the arrows in the floor telling you to go this way and that way. Uh, it, it, somebody checking you in and checking you out. I mean, it's it's really like, I hate to say it, but it's like a, a totalitarian regime has taken over, and they're making sure everything we do conforms to their norms. Well, and now, now Google <laughs> wants to make it official and follow you on your app to see if you've come near anybody who's infected. That, oh, that's sealing the deal, baby. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, you know, what... <laughs> If you could be, if you could see the coronavirus and avoid it, you know, if, if everybody could, we put a pair of glasses on and we could see anybody that has the virus or see it as we walk around, we could avoid it. Then everything could be normal except we stay away from the people that we saw had it or the places where we saw it sitting on a hard surface. Right. If everybody had a little light on their head that said, I have it. But still, I think the American people have the common sense to determine what level of risk they're willing to assume. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Here's the one that gets me. We allow people, and, and some of my best friends are motorcycle drivers, to drive a motorcycle without a helmet, knowing that if they get in an accident and they have serious head trauma, we're all going to wind up paying for that bill one way or another. But we allow that. We allow them to make a decision about whether or not they wear a helmet when they're driving a motorcycle, when we know that if they wore that helmet, it could save their life. But that's their choice. They accept that level of, of risk. They're willing to do right. that. When they primarily pay for it. I mean, they have Right. Well, they pay insurance, you know, and I don't know whether insurance charges more if you don't wear a helmet than if you do. It should if it doesn't. But in other words, they they assume the risk and we let them assume it. But here we're not willing to let people assume the risk. You know, and certainly somebody, anybody driving a car runs the risk of being in an accident where someone See, else is hurt. you make a jump, though, there when you compare riding the motorcycle. Generally speaking, if you ride a motorcycle without a helmet, you could significantly hurt yourself. But it does not usually involve you hurting someone else unless you're hauling a passenger or you run into a vehicle. But generally, you only hurt yourself. But if you don't wear a mask and you don't observe social distancing and you have it, you will give it to someone else who will give it to someone else who will give it to someone else. And then you run the risk of having hospitals overwhelmed. That's the risk. You know, nobody, not to be callous, nobody cares if you die. They just don't, <laughs> no, they just don't want you to be in the ICU for well, I care for if you die. Well, I, I get that. I, I don't want anybody to die at all whatsoever, period. But the fact is, this has nothing to do, we're not doing this to save lives. We're doing this to prevent hospitals no, but from you're being overwhelmed. No, but you're missing my point. You know, first of all, these are recommendations. It is not mandatory. There is no law that says you have to stand six feet apart from people, and there is no police officer arresting you for being within six feet. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's not happening. They're right. guidelines. So we still are dependent upon the goodwill and common sense of the American people to follow those guidelines <laughs> and act responsibly. So what's the difference? The fact that we say, all right, we're going to shut down this business because we don't believe you're going to act responsibly. But over here, we don't make this a law, so we're counting on you to act responsibly. I saw a fabulous picture from World War II one time. It showed some GIs going through a field carrying a donkey. One of them had a small donkey on his back, and he's carrying it through a field. And the caption says, well, this was a, a dilemma back then. They would use donkeys for beasts of birds. The trouble is that they would have to go through a minefield. The soldiers would have to step in the exact steps of the individual in front of them. Of course, they couldn't convince the donkeys to do so, so they would carry <laughs> them across the minefield while they were doing this. And then the, the last caption is, there are always those people being more careful who take care of the jackasses who want won't follow direction. <laughs> and that's what's happening. All right, we got Very a good point. We got a caller waiting and we got think about that folks. Let that sink in. We'll take oh, a quick I break. <laughs> and I'll read that upper right-hand corner one and then says, we'll take the break. Why are you calling our president Trump names? This is not what we need right now. We will never ever come together. I didn't call him a name. I called him a narcissist. That's a diagnosis. That's a name. <laughs> no, it's a diagnosis. Oh, where did you get your degree, doctor? <laughs> when it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK no, Live. Just very good. <laughs> well, some days, I guess. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to say it. I know. I won't. I wouldn't either. Uh, one of our texters says, My wife and I anticipated the governor's remarks, made sure to be able to see his address, and afterwards I said to her, Is that it? Very disappointed. No new real information. I agree. Another texter says, Voting by mail is ripe for fraud and should never happen. And a third says, This is supposed to be one of our deadliest weeks. I wear a mask and hope others do. Some employees are not allowed to wear masks. That's not from Stan. No, that's not. He don't wear no mask. Well, the Lone Ranger wears a mask. (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I wish you guys would stop defending Trump's uh, right to lie at all these conferences. I mean, the... the, or briefings. I mean, the, the, the... that thing he did about Google was going to be up in a few days. It's still not up. And they weren't even working on it and didn't even know what he was talking about it when Trump said it was going to be ready in a few days. Well, it wasn't Google. It was what? What was that? What's the it other? It was co- Google. No, but he said Google, but it wasn't them. It was the other company, Alphabet, right? Or somebody else was working on it. Yeah, but it's nothing. It hasn't Verity. happened yet. It still hasn't happened. And I mean, and he, he does that constantly. He makes up things out of whole cloth. 
And then he calls other people names and makes campaign commercials to show at his briefings. And you say, oh, okay, that's just Trump being Trump, so he can do it. But if anybody criticizes him, oh, they're not being unifying. I, I, sorry, that's, that's just a ridiculous standard for one person versus everybody else you judge. And for Stan, that whole commercial thing, filled with misinformation and lies, just like most of what he says. What, what commercial? Down, travel what, to China. What, what does closed down mean? What commercial thing? You mean the video he showed during the news conference? Yeah. Oh, okay. We had all it's the a governors on. Commercial. He had governors on there praising him. Was that a lie too? They uh, he actually doctored the audio to make it sound like they were praising him. <laughs> well, they doctored. Uh, that was supposed to be the New York Times reporter talking. They doctored that, and he demands praise to get cooperation, <laughs> or suggests he does, threatens it. And you know this. You know this for a fact. Him. And he did some things well with the with the governors. Which and governor they came out? Those specific things. Which governor came out? Did Chris, everything Chris, well, does it? Chris, which governor came out and said that he demanded praise in order to give them something? Name, name me one governor who said that. I, I, who cares what governor it was? He, you could. Well, Trump you're saying it. that you're saying Trump that that's what it. he required. Hey, Trump said it, Joe. He didn't Trump say it. it. He never said I demand praise okay, in now order let's for supplies. Get into some facts. Well, that's what a fact. Does close down me. That's a fact, and you don't want to talk well, about what, it. What does close down? You can't mean? give me the name of one governor oh, who said on, that. Joe. Both of you, Joe, move on. Pay attention. <laughs> what does close answer my down question mean? Means close down. Okay, well, what about the 270 flights of 60% Chinese citizens that arrived after January 31st, what? up to a week ago? That's bad. Well, that would have been racist to stop them, wouldn't he, it? He got you on that, Joe. <laughs> I don't know that he's even right. <laughs> well, I am. I am. You Just like you're right <laughs> about the governor's demanding praise, or him demanding praise before he gave it the governor's stuff, right? No, I didn't say that. He used the threat. <laughs> Okay. He didn't. I didn't say withheld anything. Chris, you got to summarize. You're out of time. In well, fact, that that whole commercial didn't contradict one thing I have said about what he has done wrong. All right, finish up tomorrow. But, and just hold, like the hold okay. that thought. <laughs> Thanks, Have buddy. Have a good one. You, you too, Chris. Live, <laughs> live in your own world. I don't know. He's got his. Well, fox you're living funnels. in yours. <laughs> He's got his fox funnels on. That's the issue. See you tomorrow. All right. No guests scheduled tomorrow, so okay. we'll enjoy open phones. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News. Time it is 10 a.m. That means it's time for the great Dan Patrick Show.